This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Renette Marburg, and my program is on 7 to 9 a.m. called Rise. And this is such an, a wonderful opportunity for us to speak to, uh, you know, some of our guests and uh, qualified people that have been through so much, how they've risen and stood up. And we have Pastor Andre Vanel from uh, all the way from Hermanus, uh, from the Prophetic Word Ministries, and he has got a testimony of note. And we are so looking forward to hearing a testimony, Pastor Andre. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you have a, an apostolic prophetic ministry in Hermanus. You've uh, ministered in the White House, and uh, you know you've been a strategic part of reconciliation between the nations, uh, between the Cherokees and America, and you've been called specifically for uh, reconciliation, but you have come with your own personal challenges of your health and how the Lord has used you, and we've had visitations in heaven. So our topic today is about heaven and death, and I would like you just to give us a little bit of background on that, but we're going to first listen to a track, and then we're going to continue this conversation. Hi there, family and friends, and thank you for being with us and staying with us this afternoon. Uh, we have Pastor Andre Vanol from Hermanus in the studio with us, and he's traveled the world, uh, written books, and uh, really has an amazing testimony, but has had many, many challenges. And you have faced death three times already. But please, Pastor Andre, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's such a privilege to have you on my program again. Um, what has your what has the Lord revealed to you when you died and went to heaven? Because we do not understand always that heaven is real. And, you know, some of us, we think it's something that is, you know, out of a storybook. And we have our own um, conceptions of what heaven is. But you've been there. And what it has been like to die and go to heaven. And what has happened to you in your past that has caused the death, uh, near-death experiences and the death experiences. And what has the, the Lord revealed to you in these times? Well, hello, Renette, and uh, thank you to all the listeners who are listening to us this afternoon. Um, and let me firstly tell you, I'm, I'm a relatively healthy fellow, and I try and do a little bit of gym. I'm not too excited about gym because I find it a bit painful sometimes, but I try and keep my health. And um, once I went to the States and I picked up Lyme disease. Now, Lyme disease is a disease caused by tickets like tick bite fever. It's yes. just a lot worse. I came home... Uh, in a lot of pain and agony, and um, I ended up going to the doctor, and the doctor said, go to hospital, and so I didn't want to go to hospital. Anyway, off I go to hospital, and my wife persuaded me, and they put me on drips and all kinds of things, and uh, the next morning when my wife walked into the hospital, my face was like a football. Wow. And her first comment to me is, your face is like a football. I pulled the saline drip out, I said, run. We ran out of that hospital, got into the truck, and went home. I said to her, if I'm going to die, I want to die at home. I don't want to die in the hospital. Anyway, she put me to bed, and um, the, the doctor had prescribed antibiotics, and I'd had those. And I was really in a lot of pain, and she went off to the 
buy groceries. And then next thing I'm sleeping, next thing I'm in heaven. Now, how I got there, what happened, it's very hard to me to, to describe. I just know I was there. And I walked into this auditorium, and there were thousands of people singing choruses or some gospel song, and I found every molecule of my being singing with them. Mm. It was amazing. So th there was a line of people, and they all walk in the line, and I'm put in the back of the line, and I walk, and I walk to the front of the line, and there's the Lord Jesus. And he takes his hand, and he grabs my hand, and he says, Andre, welcome, but you can only be here for a short time. You must go back. I go, oh, no, man, this is a nice place. I want to stay. He said, I'll give you an angel to look after you and to take you wherever you want to go. I said, thank you. So the angel takes me. He picks me up. His name was Ever Leo, which means praise the lion. He picks me up and we can fly. He just puts his arm around me and off we're flying. I said, I'd like to see my dad. He takes me to my dad. My dad was a saved man and puts me next to my dad. And I say, Dad, it's me. I'm here. He says, yeah, I know you're here. Uh, I said, can we talk? Because I know nothing about your life because he died when I was four. He said, no. He said, when you get it, then come and talk to me. I go, get what? And he turns around. He walks away. Now, if you did that to me here, it would make me angry. But there's no sin in heaven. So the first okay. thing I noticed, there's no sin in heaven. So the angel said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to the place that God's prepared for me. So he takes me to this beautiful piece of ground. Now, I'm from farming stock and background, and I'd like to live on a farm for the rest of my life. I've been telling the Lord, give me a farm. And here's the farm in heaven. But it's got no house, just paddocks with the a nice hedge to break the paddocks, and there's a building at the bottom of the paddocks. And I say to the guy, but there's no, there's no house here. He said, yeah, but you're not coming permanently yet. You're temporary. When, you, when they tell us you're coming permanently, then we'll build your house. I said, okay. Uh, we go down to the other building, and it's a dairy. And I, I'm, I'm astounded. I'm saying, this is a dairy. And I see the cows, and there are two angels that are busy milking the cows. I go, no, man. Um, what did I smoke last night? Oh, I don't smoke. What did I eat last night? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, and the angel starts to laugh at me. I said, why are you laughing? He said, because you don't read your Bible. I said, what are you talking about? He said, doesn't the Bible say that God will take you to the land of milk and honey? I said, yes. He said, where do you think milk comes from? It comes from cows. I said, but there are no animals in heaven. He said, no. There are four apocalyptic horses they are horses. They're not phantoms. They're proper horses. If they're horses, they need feed. If they need feed, they need to be brushed. They need to have their hooves cleaned every now and then. I said, what's going on? I was astounded. And he said, you must read the scripture. It says, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Some of the things in heaven happen on earth. Unfortunately on earth, we've corrupted them. But many times we're a reflection of what's going on in heaven. I get it, I get it. I'm going to fight with you if I get it. He said, watch. They pick up the milk. They put the milk in a big yellow plastic container, but it's a big thing. And the two angels take the two, there's two rods, two uh, wooden rods. Two, uh, a guy in the front has got it on his two shoulders and a guy in the back has got it on his two shoulders and off they fly with this thing between them. And I'm going, man, I... I never even thought of this. You know, my concept of heaven was an angel on a cloud with a, with a hop. I mean, that was about all I had thought. He said, come, we'll go. He takes me, and we follow this, these two angels, and we come to this little town where all the roofs were a different color. 
There's a blue roof, red roof, green roof, yellow roof, and they were bright colors. And I thought, that's very un- in- interesting because where I come from, all the roofs seem to be gray. They don't seem to have any colors whatsoever. And he takes me into this market where there's a, 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 like a dairy. It's got no walls. It's just silver everywhere. And the guy, he puts, they put the, the, the plastic, the, the yellow plastic on a silver table. And the guy comes out of the office in the building and he says, give me your ring. I go, what are you talking about? He says, give me your ring. I look at my finger and there's a ring on my finger. I give him the ring. And he puts it on a spike coming out of the out of the plastic and he clicks it. And as he clicks it, the numbers go up. There's numbers. Goes up. I think, what's that all about? And I say to the angel, no, no, wait, hang on, no, no. Really, I had a lot of cheese last night. This is a bit beyond me. The angel said, but you don't read your Bible, do you? Mm. I said, what are you talking about? Of course I do. He said, what did the father give the son, the prodigal son? Gave him a ring. ring. Why did he give him a ring? So that he could trade. Because the way to trade was to take the ring, put it in wax, and then send the bill to daddy. Mm. I said, that's the same, yeah? I go, okay, I get it. I get it. He said, you now have credits for your milk. And there will never be a time in your eternity where you can spend all the credits because you've got too many. Wow. God gives you more than enough. I go, okay, fine. So I, I learned that about heaven. The second thing I learned about heaven is I'd said to him, I want to buy a painting. He said, yeah, you can buy a painting. I said, where? He said, I'll take you to the market. And we go to this market. And they're all these little stalikis, and these people are making things. Now, I I never considered what would you do in heaven. Yes, because just hang you, around. <laughs> you don't, you're just going to hang around and sing songs all day. Mm. No, these people were all making little furniture and little uh, little frames. Mm. And I went to this one stalaki, and this lady had all these sea scene streets uh, scenes, and I wanted it with the sea. I said, I want one of those. She said, Fine, give me your ring. So I take the ring off and I give mm-hmm. it to her and she clicks on it and all the numbers start going down, backwards. She said, okay, you've paid for your your your, your picture. Oh, man, how come this is never taught? Because you know what? We think in heaven only as a place of refuge and escape. It's not. It's a whole life. It's a real life. Everything is there that we need. You mm. want furniture? You're Just going to buy it. Mm. So you're not going to get to a house that is full of furniture. You've got to go buy your own furniture. God is not a dictator or a bully. He doesn't say you've got to have this. He allows you to make the choice. You have the freedom of choice. And I start to get it. I click, click, click. It starts to fall into place. And we go back to the farm. And I'm standing there. And I say to him, where's the house? He says to me, well... I've got to go check if you can start building your house because you long time before you should get here. I said, okay. He's gone. And I'm standing there looking at the fields and admiring the place. He comes back. He says, the Lord says you can start. I said, okay, with what? He said, what did the father do when he was faced with the earth in its darkness and void? I said, he said, let there be light. He says, your words are your creative power. Yes. Speak the house into existence and it will manifest. 
So I say, okay, now I've built houses before, so I know how it works. I need a foundation. And the foundation, the, the ground starts to disappear, and there are holes, and there's stuff that goes into the holes like a concrete. And then I say, right, I need walls now. Where are the bricks? And I look on my right-hand side, and there are a whole lot of bricks there. And I say, right, brick, you got, bricks, you've got to come into this wall. And I'm having a whole lot of fun. It's like playing Lego. Mm. I'm building my house. Eventually, the house is built. Exactly as I've always dreamed of having a house, which is an H-shaped house. Then I say to the angel, I thought, hang on, I'm going to have some fun here. I said to the angel, I want a lock. He says, a lock? What do you want a lock for? I said, bring me a lock. He says, we don't have crime in heaven. Bring me a lock. He goes, disappears, comes back with a lock, puts it in the one door. I take the key and I lock it. And I take the key and I put it under a stone that's in the little garden uh, 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 below the door, on the sides of the door. He said, what are you doing? I said, I want to know that I've been here. When I come again, I'm going to lift the stone. And if the key is there, then I know I've been here before, that this isn't a wild fantasy. Mm. Mm. That kind of ended up the first one. I then felt very ill again, and about a year or two years later, I went the second time. And I never went into the auditorium. I was immediately by the land that was given to me. And immediately as I stood there, the angel arrived, Evelia, same angel. And I said to him, I want to go down to the house. He said, come, we go down to the house. We go down to the house. And instinctively, I pick up the rock, grab the key, and I unlock the door. Yes. Mm. And while I'm doing it, I'm saying, I've been here before. Mm. You see? Then I took the picture that I bought, which I'd also buried there, and I put hung it on the wall because I thought, people are not going to believe me. It's true, and that is unfortunately the case. People do not believe. I've been, I've been, had these same experiences, not similar. I mean, mm. my own, but this is where people do not believe that the Lord uses our dreams to speak to us, and we are. This is how we have our visit, visitations, and then in death, that they are these are for real. Yeah, yeah. There's another thing, Renette. The first time when I came back. I had a number of pastors come and visit me because I was very ill. You know that I couldn't speak to them for a week. They would come into my room and I'd just cry. I'd just weep mm. because that impression of heaven was so real to me. It was it was all-consuming. Mm. I, I, mm. I couldn't think of anything else but that. Mm. What I did notice about heaven is this instant recognition. Mm. There was a time when the angel took me into a village and I saw two ladies there standing and they were dressed in clothes of the 1920s. You know the ones where the woman had the, right from, yes, the, from, yes, from yes. their chest down, mm. like a tent, and they had these bob hairstyles and it was my grandmother and Ursula's grandmother and they were talking with one another. Goodness. I knew exactly who they were. Mm. And I said to them, ladies, let's get together. They said, when you come permanently, come and have tea with us. Wow, that okay. is incredible. That is incredible. But we're going to continue with your testimony straight after this. Um, you know, so much has transpired since then. And, uh, you know, how the Lord has navigated your life into where you are presently. And you've just been to America again on an amazing assignment. But we're going to continue with this straight after this.
Good afternoon, family, and thank you, friends and family, just for staying tuned with us this afternoon. We have got a very, very, very interesting uh, guest in the studio with us this afternoon, Pastor Andrew Vanel. He has worked a very special and precious road with the Lord, where the Lord has really revealed himself in in life and in death. And he's faced so many uh, challenges with his health, um, where incidences have happened, uh, unprecedented and perilous times for him in these times. But God has revealed himself tangibly, um, and angels have appeared. He's had heavenly experiences. But he is going to continue sharing with us this journey. And where you are right up to now, where the Lord promised you a double portion, as in Job. So if you can just share this journey with us, because I think many of us have come and we don't want to speak about it. We think people think we are, you know, we've lost our minds or, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear, nobody's going to believe. And this is where we need to know that we have our own personal unique walk with the Lord and he will reveal himself the way he needs to do so. And he's the God of all gods. And at the end of the day, what he presents to us for our destiny, he will do. And uh, so, Pastor Andre, your journey has been very unique. <laughs> mm. So please share with us. Yeah, thanks, Renette. Um, okay, so, so what happens is um, I've had some very ser- serious health issues. And uh, last year in September, I lost my leg. And so I'm an amputee. I always say I'm not of the Joshua generation. I'm of the Lazarus generation. <laughs> <Yes. Okay. laughs> and uh, w- what happened was I got septicemia throughout my whole body, and uh, I went into a coma. And while I was in a coma, my family decided the only way to save the guy's life is cut his leg off. So that's what exactly what they did. I didn't even know about it until but I woke up. they made the decision. Like, and they had to make the decision, which I, f- I feel very sorry for them because it's got to be a horrible decision to make. And then I was in uh, what they call space care in Hermanus, which is like a rehabilitation part of the hospital. And I was there for four weeks, obviously having to learn to walk and all the stuff you have to learn because you haven't got two legs. And um, one of the days I was in a ward with six other men and they were all uh, talking, 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 chirping, 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 being very loud. And I thought, I need to spend some time alone with the Lord. Let me take my Bible and I'll go find me a spot in this hospital. Went down to the gym, found a corner, opened the Bible. The Lord said, go to Job chapter 1. And I see this discussion going on between God and the devil. And the devil says to God, remove the hedge around Job and he will curse you. And God says, no, you remove it because God doesn't kill, destroy. That's right. The devil does it. So he removes the, the hedge, and of course Job goes through all of the things, even to the point of sitting in the ash heap and cutting himself with, uh, with uh, uh, pot sheds or, or what we call pottery to get rid of all the sores on his body. And I see that and I realize that I was under a satanic attack, possibly because of all the things that I've been through. So I said, okay, Lord, because the last thing I wanted to do was to blame God about something I never understood. You know, let the Lord, he can defend himself, but you don't have to blame him for things that he never did. And we as human beings, we do that. Oh God, why did you do this to me? Many times, most times, it's not him at all. It's the enemy. I said, okay, Lord. Then he said to me, go to the last book of Job. So I'm now reading the last book of Job, and I see that God says to Job, if you'll pray for your friends, I'll give you double. 
of what you've lost. Mm. I said, Lord, I want double. I'm claiming double. I'm standing on your word. I want double. And God started to bless me in an unusual way. Now, one of the ways that he's blessed me was with first landings. Now, first landings is a movement in America to bring America back to uh, godly principles. And it's based on uh, 1607. They arrived in Virginia from Britain, the first pilgrims, and they put up a cross and they declared that America would be a righteous nation declaring the gospel throughout the whole world. And as you and I know, America's got very far away from that kind of ideal mm. that happened then. Yes. And they said to me, can you help us? I mean, I'm a little guy in Oman. I said, how can I help, I help a, a big movement like that? I said, yeah, sure, I'll see what I can do. And I introduced um, uh, to the to the group that were leading it a lady called Donica Perry Hudson. Now, Donica is uh, one of my hosts. She's a wonderful woman, and, 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 and I have great respect for her, and a great preacher too, by the way. Mm. And uh, she is the one who puts together revival in America and she and this team got together and they put this whole first landings thing together which happened on the 26th of April. It went viral. It got to 12 million viewers. Wow. Which is incredible. There were a whole bunch of speakers and I happened to be one of them. But I was here. I couldn't go anywhere because of my leg. So it was a real issue for me and I was really dejected about it. And then Donica phoned me and said, no man, you don't have to come. Send us a video of what you feel God is saying to America, which I did. So I was one of the special guests, but from a distance. I was here in South Africa when I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the attempt by the Americans to bring their country back to repentance and to bring them back to the place where there's a renewal and a revival in, in, in America. Because of all the sins of America, America basically has turned its back on God because of the abortion, because of the, the, the sexual stuff that's going on in America, because of the, uh, the CIA wasting money trying to dispose governments and all this kind of stuff, they've moved away from being a righteous nation. And I was very blessed to hear that uh, all the speeches had gone to 12 million people all over the world. Incredible. I thought that's incredible. That's a huge audience. Yeah, and so I... I, that was the first thing that the Lord started to do. The second thing that the Lord started to do is start to give me prophetic words. And I said to you a little bit earlier in another program, I said to you, the three things that the Lord's been talking to me is about the cloud of darkness, a fire by day, and a flood by night. And that that's going to come on the States, because America particularly, and could come on us in South Africa if we go down the same way. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry to say we are. Mm. We're becoming pro-abortion. We're becoming anti-Israel. That's It's a, such an issue that we're becoming, our sexual identity is being totally messed up by. Untargeted, yeah. You don't know if you're a boy or a girl. You don't know what you are. Uh, you've got all these these so-called drag queens that dress up like demons. I don't know if you've seen the pictures teaching kids on, on nursery school that this stuff is evil. It's wicked. And we're going to pay the price, like America will pay the price, unless we repent, we, we repent and turn back to the Lord and once again reinstate the gospel in the schools. We reinstate righteousness in medicine because the medical 
fraternity is crazy, then they're nuts. And we need to also, the other thing we need to do is whether the government likes it or not, I think that the population in South Africa is pro-Israel. I do not yes. for a moment believe... Yes, yes, I agree with you. ...that the government is... is uh, standing for the people. Yeah. You see, mm. here's, here's the truth. The scripture says, and I've got to go by scripture, if you bless the children of Abraham, you will enjoy the blessings of God. That's correct. If you curse the children of Abraham, well, you've got a problem with the Lord. Okay, Pastor Vanel, that is so true. Um, and And we forget how... Scripture speaks to us clearly on how we are supposed to live, and we keep overriding the Word of God. So you know that you felt that uh, we are being so disobedient as nations, individually entertaining, accepting what is happening in in the world, and uh, you know we we are left to be very confused and look as though we're actually partnering with the enemy. So I just feel that uh, if you can just highlight what is the next step in uh, our next session, uh, what is it that we need to do to be able to rectify this? So we're going to join uh, Pastor Andre Vanel straight after this break. And just to continue this, what is it as a nation, as individuals, how do we stand up against the iniquities of our, our actions in our nation? Good afternoon, family, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. You know, we've actually been dealing with a very controversial uh, subject is heaven and death and now sin in our nation. And Pastor Andre Vanel has really given us a breakdown of his personal experiences of heaven and death. And at the same time, what God revealed to him in these times of the iniquities that we are entertaining and hosting and accepting, and we are overriding the word of God. So, uh, Pastor Andre, what is it as an individual uh, for myself and those listening, as well as a nation, what is strategically needing to happen? Let me say this. Silence means complicit. Unfortunately, the churches are silent. And that's because the men in the pulpit are not preaching against sin. They're not stirring the people up to say something about sin. I have grandchildren. I'm terrified that they're going to be subject to all the stuff that's going on in the schools at the moment. Because to me, it's just, it's not on. And the point of the matter is, not one of the churches in that area where they live, which is up in the northern part of Natal, has said anything about it. At what point do the pastors start to speak against the iniquities in the nation? Yes. You see, complicity. Silence means complicity. At what point do you and I start to speak against the abortion thing? The, the other things that go on in our country that are wicked. When do we start to say something? The point of the matter is, if you do not resist evil, the Bible says, evil will overcome you. Exactly. And if we're not going to start to resist evil by our voices being heard, by protesting against this stuff, we, we, it's going to overcome us as a nation. Yes. And in, in 10 years' time, there'll be no righteousness. In fact, half the churches will be gone. That's, mm. the, that's the difficulty. That's the realities. That's reality. 
So this, you've got to come to a point where the pastors have to make a decision. They're going to preach against sin and they're going to stand up against sin. Yes. It amazes me that a lot of the, the churches, and I'm going to, let me pick on them, they will save up millions of monies to put monstrous buildings up, and yet they won't support the ministries in their churches. So that the guys doing individual ministries are not getting part of the money that should go to ministry. It's going into museums and into buildings. This is an insanity. Since when do we no longer care for those that minister the gospel? The feet in the hands. We have to. We have to Lord. take. We have to take care of those people. You know, somebody said, "Well, the Lord will supply." And I said, "Lord, thank you that you've got a dollar tree in heaven. I need some dollars. Why don't you just shake the tree a little bit so that I get some dollars floating down into my bank account?" I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes, that's not true. He's positioned men and women. There are in... men and women called to give into the ministry. No, I always say, if you can't preach, then pray. If you can't pray, then pay. That's you, a good one. <laughs> you know, you, you got to do something for the Lord. <laughs> you got to do something you know? for the Lord. And so, what you sow is what you reap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what you do is, you, as, a, as a believer, you go and you find the ministries that are making a difference. And you sow into those ministries so that those ministries can continue. Thank I cannot tell you how many times I've heard of ministries closing down yes, because they so didn't sad. get enough financial support. That's right. Can I, we've been through it ourselves, Ursula Masa. Yes. And I'm thinking, Lord, that's it. We're done. We can never do another thing again. And then God comes through at the last minute. Yes, but he didn't come. With you yet. <laughs> he didn't knock on my door and give me $10. He sent someone with some money in their bank account exactly. to pay for me to continue. So I'm very grateful for them. Praise so the Lord. silence is complicity. We cannot be silent. We need to preach it. We need to pay for it. And finally, we need to pray about it. Seriously pray to make sure that ministries continue. If we don't, then evil will overcome us. Absolutely. And in 10, 15 years' time, we won't be a nation any longer. Yes. You know? And we'll be a broken nation. We'll be a broken nation, yeah. And that is exactly what I want us to be encouraged by this afternoon, is the fact that we need to speak up, stand firm on the word. Mm. If we stand firm on the word, he fights the battles for us and with us. Mm. And the Lord, sh that's promise from him, is that we can, as long as we stand with him and for him, that the word will prevail because we're not prepared for the prevailing mm. and the travailing mm. that comes with Amen. standing firm in the Amen. word. And that is what people become. That's when people become complicit. They like to moan and groan, but not prepared to speak up yeah. and speak out. So family and friends, I really want to encourage you this afternoon as Pastor Vanol has done so much work in America, but the, we need him to do that in our nation right now. And there are people that have been positioned and given assignments and consignments, and they need to be financially assisted Absolutely. so they can do the work that they need to do. Absolutely. And unfortunately, ministries are spent and buckled at the moment mm. because of finances. NGOs and MPOs, same thing. They cannot withstand the financial onslaught. Mm. The gospel is for free, but the operations aren't. Yeah. And we need to stand firm behind our ministries. Behind, uh, we, we, 
put our hands up for every other thing that's not of any value to the world, um, that's uh, to heaven. But we do not stand behind our ministries. So uh, family and friends, I really want you to rethink, pray about this. And if you're not preaching, you need to pay. Mm. <laughs> it is such a good one. <laughs> can, I, can I end with a story? Please do. So we, uh, the Lord said to me, you must go to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I, uh, it was about the third trip. And I said, Lord, I haven't got money. The Lord said, receive it by faith. So I said, okay, by faith I received the 16000 for the air ticket. And I went out the prayer room and my wife was saying, are you going to Charlotte now? What can I say? I haven't got the money. I said, yes, of course I'm going to Charlotte. Have you got the money? No, don't worry, it's on its way. Because now I can't say I don't have it because I've got it in my spirit. I'm, I'm pregnant yes. within the spirit. So at any rate, I get a phone call the next day. Hello, Pastor Andre, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Uh, are you going to Charlotte, North Carolina? I don't know the voice. Never heard the voice before. I said, yes, I am. Don't worry. He said, have you got the money? I said, don't worry about the money. God will provide for me. Thank you. Puts the phone down. I go, what was that all about? Next day, same person, three o'clock in the afternoon. Hello, Pastor Andre. Yes. Are you going to Charlotte, North Carolina? I think, is this a recording? What is this? I said, uh, yes, I'm going. He said, do you have the money? I said, no, I don't. I said, it's on its way. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. It's God's worry. On the Friday afternoon is my time to catch up on all the sleep I miss in the week. So I'm grumpy if you wake me up in the afternoon. <laughs> so my wife brings the walkabout telephone to me. She said, phone call, same person. I say, hello. He said, Pastor Andre, are you going to Charlotte, North Carolina? I said, yes, I'm going to Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, have you got the money? I said, don't you worry about it, brother. I've told you really the Lord will take care. He says, don't lie. Mm. I said, what do you mean? I'm not a liar. I'm not lying. He said, brother, I just put 16,000 rand in your bank account five minutes ago. Please go to Charlotte, North Carolina and do the ministry. Fantastic. Now, that man and I have become close friends. Mm -hmm. And what I've done for him is I didn't know he was trying to write books. I helped him get his first books to be published. Praise the Lord. And now, between him and me, we've published 25 books together. Fantastic. But it was him. He started a thing. He even came on the radio with me when I was on the radio in Wales Coast FM, and he co-hosted with me on some of the programs, and we became good friends. But he had the, the, the guts to say, I can't preach it, I can pray for it, but I can also pay. And Praise he paid. And it created a whole new scenario for me and for him. Praise the Lord. And that is, who are you part of the journey of the gospel on this earth. Mm. So we just thank you, family and friends, and thank you, Pastor Andre. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the work that you're doing. May the Lord just continuously thank use you. you mightily throughout the nations. Your journey is not ended. It says in the, in the word, our latter years are better than our former years, yes, but it's say. all the training and all the sacrifice, obedience and sacrifice that, we've ta that you've done um, and stretched uh, not stressed, but stretched in all avenues. And may the Lord just continuously thank use you. you. And thank you for your ministry. It's thank so you. special. And it's such an encouragement to so many of us. Um, God bless you, family and friends. And thank you. And yes, revisit what the Lord has called you to do and step out in faith and do it. And uh, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week. And stick to the rules and be safe. Goodbye. Amen. Bye. Thank you.
This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.